Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. What do you say to yourself when you talk to yourself? Now, you do talk to yourself, right? Like, am I the only one that does this? Uh, maybe not out loud. If you're talking to yourself out loud, you're fine. stop. All right. Uh, I'm joking. You are fine. Sometimes I do. And, uh, but really, what, what do you say to yourself when you talk to yourself? Um, and I'm not talking about stuff like, hey, you know, uh, don't forget to swing by the store on the way home to get the milk. Or uh, I'm not talking about like, hey, I got to take the kids to practice tonight. Is there dance? Is that canceled right now? Halloween's on. What are we doing? Is it going to rain on Halloween? I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm not talking about like, when is Clint going to stop so we can go eat? You know, like, man, he's going long today. I just need a little Mexican food in my life. You know, I'm not... I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the ongoing self-talk. What you say uh, in your mind over and over again about yourself. Um, If you're like a lot of people, uh, you get stuck in what's called a negativity loop or a a negative loop. And that means that you're constantly uh, thinking about things that aren't helpful. In fact, they're harmful, right? Like, I'll give you an example. When you are driving and there's a lot of traffic and you're on your way home from work and all of a sudden that guy uh, cuts you off, your thoughts probably aren't, God bless that man. I'm sure he's in a hurry and he needs to get in front of me. You know what, sir? have it, right? Like, that's not what you're thinking. You're thinking, what are they doing? This dude drives like a moron, right? Like, you're, you're thinking, if you're like me, that's what you think, and sometimes when your kids aren't in the car, that's what you say out loud, you know? And uh, sometimes with your kids in the car, that's what you say out loud, right? Um, or maybe in the morning, you think, I've got a lot to do today. Man, t- today's a busy day. Today's a full day. Uh, at the end of the day, you might say, I didn't even do what I needed to do. I didn't even do enough today, right? Like uh, when it comes to money, some of you, you might always think I'm always going to struggle. Like I'm always going to be broke. I'm never going to get to purchase this home. Or I'm not, when are we ever not going to just tread water? Uh, In your relationships, it might be, I can't even trust anyone. Like this person left me, that person left me, my parents left me. Like, uh, or when you make a mistake, you, you might think, come on, Clint, you're such an idiot. What are you doing? You know, like, come on, you always mess up. What are you doing? I want you to understand today that what you say to yourself is very important. It's very, very, in fact, it's more important than you could ever even imagine how you talk to yourself. Here's why the Bible says this. Be careful how you think. Because you need to be a positive person. No. Be careful how you think, it says, 
Because your life, your life is shaped by your thoughts. Be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. You know, scientists would call this the law of cognition, the law of cognition. And here's uh, basically what that means. It means what you think impacts what you believe. What you believe impacts how you feel. And what you feel impacts what you do. So eventually, what you think will impact what you do. So how you think matters because your life is shaped by your thoughts. You know, there's an author and pastor named Paul David Tripp. He says it like this. He says, no one is more influential in your life than you are because no one talks to you more than you do. No one is more influential in your life than you are because no one talks to you more than you. It's a powerful thing. That's why today we've titled the message, Silence Your Negative Thoughts. Silence your negative thoughts. Let's pray. God, we love you. God, I thank you. I pray as uh, we talk about this today that we would not be thinking of the person sitting next to us or the person that really needs to hear this, but we would be thinking about how this could change us individually today. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm excited for today. How many of you would agree? I want you to raise your hand. How many of you agree that the world is getting more and more negative every day? Okay, if you're not raising your hand, I really would love to know what you think. Not right now, but man, I see it all the time, right? Like chronic negativity is becoming an epidemic. It's becoming a really, really big problem. And it's a massive problem when we talk about our mental health. Uh, Negativity does not help your mental health. I don't think it takes an expert to to figure that out or to say that. And I'm certainly not a doctor, so this is not, none of this has been medical advice. It's all spiritual advice. But negativity is terrible for your mental health. But not only is it a practical problem for your mental health, it's also a spiritual problem. And some of you may have never heard that before, uh, but negativity is a spiritual problem. And so what I want to do today is I want to give you some foundational thoughts that I'm going to come back to time and time again during the message that I really want you to take home with you today. And that's this. The first thought is this. Your thoughts have incredible power. We talked about that a second ago. They have incredible power because what you think will shape your life. Not just kind of impact. It will shape your life. Your thoughts have incredible power, but the good news is this, is that you have incredible power over your thoughts. You ha- your thoughts have incredible power, but you also have incredible power over your thoughts. And uh, we're going to talk about that today, all right? So you can uh, change your thoughts. You don't have to be a victim of your thoughts. Did you know that? And you're thinking, Clint, you have no idea what goes, no, 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 you, you can't. It's hard, but you can do it. You have incredible power over your thoughts, but by the power of God, uh, we can actually choose what we think. We can actually choose what we think. In fact, Paul says it this way in Romans chapter eight, starting in verse five, he says, those who live according to the flesh, y'all say the flesh. All right. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Now, Paul, when he's writing this, he's not talking about your skin. 
like your actual flesh. He's talking about the actual word uh, in the Greek there is talking about your sinful nature. Like the thing that you're born with that's completely broken is what we would call your sinful nature. If you've had children, and even if you haven't had children, but if you've had children, you especially know this, um, it doesn't take you very long to see that you don't have to teach your kid how to lie. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to teach your kid how to sneak. You don't have to teach your kid how to terrorize their brothers and sisters. Like, they just know how to do it. Why? Because we're all broken, and your kids are broken, you're broken. Uh, the, your natural inclination as a person is to not do the right thing, uh, is to mess up somehow. You are incomplete, you're broken, that's why Jesus came. And he's telling us that those who live according to that sinful nature, the flesh, have their minds set on not what God desires, but what you really desire. To what you want. And guess what? What you really want, oftentimes, most of the time, all the time, is not what God wants. But those who live according to the Spirit, y'all say Spirit. Spirit. Uh, according with the Spirit, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. All right, so this is showing us you can, you can have your mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. How many of y'all want a life full of peace? Come on, who, who wants a life? Come on, let me hear you. How many of y'all want a life full of peace? Come on, I do. Come on. And, and if you're in here today, I want you to hear me. If you're in here and you're hurting, all right, if you're in here and you're broken a little bit, if you're in here and you're disappointed, you're discouraged, man, I want you to hear that. When you, your mind is governed by the Spirit, your life can be peaceful. Your circumstances might not be peaceful, but your life can be peaceful. Your life can be peaceful because what you set your mind on, how you think, shapes your life. All right, so here's my goal today. Every time I preach, I, I try to have a goal that I, uh, I want to accomplish. And while I'm writing, it helps my ADHD brain focus on the thing the whole time. That's why sometimes I go a little long because I'm not focused on the goal. I just get off on the rabbit trails like I'm doing right now because that, what I'm saying is not in my notes. Uh, so this is why I write notes. But my goal today, and I'll admit it's a pretty aggressive goal, is I want to do three things with you today. All right, so here are the three things I want to do. I want to show you you, why negativity is killing you. That's goal number one. Why it's killing your marriage, your relationships, your family, your values, your direction in your life. Why is negativity killing you? Then I want to help you identify a specific area of negativity in your mindset. Okay, so we're going to look at some different mindsets and I want to show you maybe which one you could be struggling with. And then I want to do the last thing. And this is what I try to do every week. I work and Stephanie and I work so hard at doing this. We want to teach you how you can change it. All right? So I'm going to show you why is it killing you? Identify an area, a specific area of your life where negativity is ruling in your mindset. And then I want to teach you how to change it. Because I'm not in the business of just educating you on knowledge. I want you to know what to do. You know, like, uh, and so what we call this in the, the pastor world, in the, in the sermon world, is I want to give you a message that has some handles on it so you know how to use it. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I want to do today. If you're ready, say I'm ready. All right, so, oh, I heard a little uh, SpongeBob in there, right? Uh, okay, so let's look at the first thing. Why is negativity so toxic? Why is it killing you? Um, we all have something called negativity bias, all right? We all have something called negativity bias. In fact, uh, neuroscience will show us that negative events 
actually imprint on our brains more quickly and they linger longer than positive events. All right, so negative events that happen to you um, will imprint and linger in you and on your brain longer than positive ones. And we're talking about like the bad stuff that happens to you. Um, we're talking about those important events that didn't go as planned. We're talking about that vacation from hell that you've taken. You know, we're, we're talking about uh, that time that someone left you and walked out on you. Uh, we're talking about when you, you know, when you were younger, you stuck your hand on a grill and it burned the mess out of it. You're, you, you just remember that stuff, right? And I, I can prove it to you in other ways. What do you think spreads faster on social media? Something positive or something negative? Huh? Negative. Negative. You're right. All right. Um, uh, what about the news? What gets more clicks, a positive headline or a negative headline? Negative. A negative headline. Uh, here, uh, here's another one. Maybe you're in here and you have a presentation coming up and you're really nervous about it and you've been really working hard at it. And all of a sudden, man, you've been studying for weeks. You've you got the company, uh, the, the, the C-level people in there. And man, you've got to present to them. And all of a sudden you present to them and it goes great. And everyone in the board meeting is like, man, you did a great job. Man, Clint, you knocked that out of the ballpark, man. Man, you're going to run this company. And all of a sudden, you got three or four different people saying amazing things about what you did. But then that one person comes up, and they're like, it was all right. Your delivery could have been a little better. You know, you should have paused more. What sticks with you? Is it the people that said it was great? Or is it that one person that said it could have been a little better? You know what I'm saying? This happened to me three weeks ago, two weeks ago. I did our message on depression and I did not feel like it went well, you know? And I'm like, ah, it just, it didn't land. I wasn't, I didn't deliver it right. Like I wish I could have done it better. And four different people came up and was like, that was the best message you ever preached. I'm like, then maybe I should just be bad all the time, I guess. I don't know. But like, we have a negativity bias. We, we typically bend toward the negative. You know what I'm saying a little bit. Um, and what happens when we get into this chronic negativity loop, it sends us into a constant state of fight or flight. You know, and actually God gave you this ability uh, that, that whenever you get into a stressful situation um, or something bad happens, it, he, gave, he gave you this response and you're either going to fight or flight. And that's a God-given thing. And it's a really, really good thing until it's not, until it becomes bad. In a stressful situation, God actually designed our brains to release cortisol into our bloodstream. That, that thing that makes you be like, I can lift a car off of my children in a car wreck. You know, like that sort of adrenaline boost that you have. Um, and, and he actually designed this, and it's a good thing, and it actually makes us more alert. It makes us more focused. It makes us uh, problem solvers. We're very efficient in solving problems when cortisol is going on in our bloodstream and like we're pumped up and ready to go. And that's a really great thing. God gave you that until it's not a good thing. You see, when we become chronically negative, we're stuck in this ongoing negativity loop and we constantly have this thing going through our, our bloodstream and we, ha we have this, it always feels like we're in danger and it always feels like that there's a threat. Like when you're stuck in negativity, it always feels like you're in danger and it always feels like something, you're, you're at a threat in some way. Paul says it this way. We're going to go back here. Romans 8, 6. The mind, the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. 
Now, I don't know about you, but when you're living in a constant state of fight or flight, that does not sound like a life of life and peace. That doesn't lead anywhere good. And so no wonder this is a problem, right? Uh, no wonder what you see online, it's negative. What, you, what most of your friends say is negative. What most of what you say to yourself is negative. Most of what you hear about in the news, especially right now, is negative. And when we intake all of that and we focus on the things that are negative, and, and we, what we're doing is we're creating neural pathways that lead to negativity. We've talked about this almost every week during the series. Your brain is great at making connections. And what you, when you train yourself to become negative and to always have a negative outlook on things and to think the bad thing's always going to happen, you are literally training your, your brain to be negative negative at everything, and soon, uh, before you know it, negativity actually becomes a habit. Some of us in here, we have a bad habit of negativity. Everything that you see, everything that's going on, it's always negative, 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 and it's our default posture. It becomes our default. But remember, the mind governed by the flesh does not lead to life, it leads to death. So when you train your brain to only see the negative and to only be negative and to only think this thing about your, this way about yourself or your spouse or that coworker, you're not doing yourself any good. In fact, the Bible says that you are training your brain to lead you to a place of death. Nothing good is coming from it. And it matters what the news, it matters that all the news that you consume, right? It matters with the show that you watch or the music you enjoy or the hours you spend on social media or the people that you spend the most time around. All of that adds up and it becomes negativity, 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 negativity. Can you believe that person did that? Oh my gosh, they don't even like me. Why would they say that? What is, and all of a sudden you're stuck in this negativity loops. And all this creates an inner script in your life, and that directs your life. Your thoughts have incredible power. Your thoughts have incredible power over the direction of your life. But the good news is, you have incredible power over where your thoughts are taking you. Now, what I want you to do, or what I want us to do today, is I want to maybe show you some areas where you've not been great. All right, I want to maybe help you identify some specific areas where you could be negative. And listen, you might deal with more than one of these, and that's okay. All right, but you can't defeat what you can't define. I'm going to say that again because I feel like I, that needed like a mm, something, right? <laughs> you can't defeat what you cannot define. Thank you. I heard it. Okay. You can't defeat what you cannot define. You know, you have to understand what you're dealing with if you want to defeat it. Like, uh, I've lost 40 pounds. I'm super happy. I've got a long way to go. That'll get them going. Talking about the Lord. But like what my, my Adam, Adam Broad, if you're watching this, love you, bro. He's my, he's my trainer. My, he, he, he hates me sometimes, I think, uh, but he, he's really helped me. And uh, what he's helped me do is define where my problems are so that I can defeat the problems that I face. Because if you just want, you're not going to happen on this by accident. You have to figure out what's going on and you have to address that specific thing. So I want to give you a, a few different things, actually four different things that uh, experts would mostly agree that these are the four major areas that impact the negativity in your life. Uh, the first one is this, it's cynicism. Y'all say cynicism. 
And this is just a general distrust for people and their motives, all right? So uh, you can't trust people or uh, they're going to take advantage of me, right? Or everyone's just out for themselves. Uh, all of those people are this way. So like all men are the, just that way, right? Like or something, right? Um, uh, nobody really cares for me. They're, no one's really generous. Everyone is out for themselves. And on a side note, um, this isn't the message today, but I just want to help you a little bit. Um, cynicism is generally, according to experts, a reflection of how you feel about yourself. So if you're in here and you distrust the motives of others, it shows that you really don't like your motives. Uh, but we're going to say positive today. I'm not going to get into that today. But um, first one is cynicism. That might be something that you deal with. The second one is this, is negative filtering. These are people that see what's wrong with everything, right? Uh, these are the people that when they get to heaven one day, they're going to find something to complain about. Uh, I, mean, I thought the streets would be a little shinier than this, right? Like the... <laughs> Thought they'd be a little bit more gold than what they are, right? Like these are people that see everything. Uh, they, they, over, they overlook what's good and what's right. Uh, they assume the worst possible conclusion. Um, your kids are running late to get home and your thought is not they're probably just running late. Their thought is they've died. They've been, they've been in a car wreck and, and something's gonna, something's going on. Or, or you text a friend and it takes them a while to text you back. And all of a sudden you're like, they hate me. They're, they're, they, they don't like me anymore. And, uh, they're, they're not my friend anymore. Um, some of you have this spiritual gift, you know, and you'll go on vacation and just roast the vacation the whole time, right? Like you just can't see the good in the vacation. Um, some people, uh, that are like this, they will immediately know let you know what's wrong with whatever's going on. And uh, they, these are people that have a problem with negative filtering. They just see everything that's going wrong. I'm preaching to myself here. Um, all right, so number three, and this is also me, absolute thinking. So these are polarized thoughts. So these are people that are all or nothing, like black and white. It's either all bad or it's all good and there's no middle ground, right? Like these are the people that if they disagree with somebody, they don't just disagree. They just write you off. You're, you're done. You're dead to me. You're gone, right? Like that's just what they are. In my opinion, this has become a huge problem uh, because we see things on Facebook and we see that maybe that person doesn't believe how I believe or they see things the way I see things. And so unfriend, block, don't want to see. And it's like, that's a little extreme, right? Like, hey, that's, that's what we call absolute thinking. And some of you are there and you can't even see it. I, I, can I say something out of love just as your pastor today? Can I? Okay. Are you ready? Because this is kind of harsh. Um, some of you, and I'm, I'm honestly not thinking of a person. I'm just talking generalities. Um, some of you, you're a jerk to everybody because of this and just because you're right about something like you think you're right about something and you have polarizing thoughts and that makes you come off like a jerk to everybody and let me just tell you something just because you're right doesn't mean you're righteous just because you're right you, you can be right in the wrong way and some of us, we have this absolute thinking, and it's honestly just grounded in narcissism, where it's like, what I think is right, everyone else is wrong, forget you guys, boom, I'm done. And we can't live life that way. Maybe this is something that you deal with. The last one is blaming. And this is believing that you're always the victim. 
You're always, you don't, you, you think you don't have any control. Life just always happens to me. Why does this always happen? These are Eeyores. I can't do anything. I'm never going to be able to do this. I like, and everyone else is the problem. Everything else is the problem. It's your car's problem. It's your boss's. It's this person's problem. It's that person. Well, these people don't ever like me. And then I, but though you're exhausting. If this is what you're struggling with, <laughs> and I'm, I'm saying that in love, you have to be exhausted too. And I want to tell you that the enemy has you in a lie. You are not always the victim, and that's okay. You don't have to be the victim. You, you can live in victory in Jesus. Like, you don't have to be a victim anymore. I'm, I hope that frees you up today. You don't have to be a victim anymore. Man, you're an adult. If you're in here and you're an adult, you're an adult. You can make your own decisions. And guess what? Your thoughts have power, but you have incredible power over your thoughts. I, I feel like someone that struggles with this needs to know that today. Um, and and uh, you, you find yourself, if you're in here and you find yourself and you're getting jealous or you're, you're constantly critical or you're discontent, or you're assuming the worst, or you're being hard on others, or being hard on yourself, it begs the question, can I really change? Can a person actually change? Can you shift from having a chronic negativity loop problem to living a life that has faith and that believes the best and that's a positive person? And the answer is, Yes, you can change, but it will not be easy. You can change, but it will not be easy. In fact, um, there was a person that did a TED Talk, and I don't get like my theology from TED Talk. But I thought this was a great example of what we're talking about here. Uh, they did a TED Talk, and they uh, took two groups of people, and they introduced uh, each group of people this new uh, surgical procedure. Okay, In the first group, uh, they told them, that this successful, I'm sorry, this uh, medical, new imaginary medical surgical procedure had a 70% 70 success rate. All right, second group, they told them it had a 30% failure rate. All right, this medical procedure. So it's the same odds, just kind of flipped differently. So they asked the first group, hey, if there's a 70% chance that this procedure would succeed, is it a good procedure or a bad procedure? And they all responded, and the majority, actually the majority of people said that it was a good procedure. Okay? So group one, 70%, it's a good procedure. Uh, they said it was good. Uh, the second group, they asked them the same question. They said, hey, if there's a 30% chance that this procedure would fail, is it a good procedure or a bad procedure? And most of the people responded and said it would be a bad procedure. All right. So they said it was good. They heard the positive. Then they said it was bad over here. And uh, because they were presented with the negative. Now, you might expect that. But then they wanted to determine what would happen if they switched the narrative a little bit. So they went back to the first group and they said, hey, we're glad you think that this is a good thing because it's a 70 percent uh, success rate. But don't forget, there's a 30% failure rate over here on this side of the thing. And so they said, do you still think that it's a good thing or a bad thing? And most of the people reported that it was a bad thing. They switched from good to bad. Then they went back to the second group and they said, hey, we know that there's a 30% chance that this isn't going to work out. But think about this. There's a 70% chance 
that it will work out and that it, it will end up like helping you and all that. Do you think that this procedure is a good procedure? And what do you think happened? Did they switch or did they stay the same? What do you think? They switched. How many of y'all said switch? Raise your hand. How many of you say they did not switch? You were correct. They did not switch. They still thought that it was bad. Now, this proves that you can change your perspective. But listen to me. Everyone eyes right here. But to change from a negative to a positive is not natural or accidental. So once you already start to think negative, you're not going to want to naturally think positive. That means you have to work on it. It's not accidental. It's not, you're not going to fall and stumble your way into a positive lifestyle or a positive way of thinking. No, no, no. That's not the way your brain is designed, but it's going to take some work and it's going to take some supernatural, something supernatural to help you change your thoughts. And I'm, I'm happy to tell you how that's done today, because here's the deal. Your thoughts have incredible power. But you also have incredible power over your thoughts. So how? How do we change our thinking? How do we go from thinking negatively to thinking positively? I'm so glad you guys asked. All of you were just uh, asked me, and you, you know, I'm so glad you did. So here's what I want to look at one of the most powerful illustrations of this in the Old Testament. Uh, and it looks at a guy named David. Have you ever heard of David and Goliath? David, all right, he's killed the giant with a sling and a stone. So this is a story from the Old Testament, and he shows us what to do when he was actually hit with an avalanche of negativity. So here's what's going on. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 30, and I want to give you some context here. Um, this was a bad day, all right, that we're about to read about in the Bible. This was a bad day. And I'm not talking like, ah, ran out of gas today, or my kids weren't listening today, and I stubbed my toe. You know, that's not a good day. I, I cut my finger a couple weeks ago. I had to get stitches. That was a bad day. Nothing compared to this guy's day, okay? So David and his men, they've been off to war. And they've lost their buddies in battle. And they've lost their friends. And these people they were fighting next to, they've lost them in battle. And then all of a sudden, they come home and they're tired. They don't want to do anything. They, have, they just have a lot going on. And all of a sudden, they get home and they discover that the enemy had actually come back and they had set their town on fire, their city on fire, and kidnapped their wives and children. How many of you agree that this was a horrible day? Come on, raise your hand. This was a terrible day. Here's what it says. Oh, and to make matters worse, not only did that happen, then David's men started to scheme and plan a way to stone him and to kill him. Not like stone, but like take big rocks and kill you stone. You know, like he, he was about to get stoned by his own men that he led. It says this in 1 Samuel chapter 30. said, when David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives, sons, and daughters were taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. Some of you feel that way right now. Man, you just, you're, you're sick and tired of life. You're sick of having bad days. You've had a lot of them. So David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of their sons and their daughters. But listen to what this says. But David found strength in the Lord his God. But David found strength in the Lord his God. In the face of the worst possible day, 
David found strength in God. And you can find strength today. I, I want you to know that. And it's not found in your own power. It's not found in positive thinking. Uh, it's not found in any other power but the power of God. Come on, somebody. Someone give me a little amen right there. It's found only in the power of God. It's not found in anything else. And I love the way the old King James Version says it. All right, we're going old school today. The, the King James Version, it says, But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now, some of you, listen to me. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Some of you need to learn how to preach to yourself. You need to learn how to encourage yourself. You need to learn some of God's word so that you can encourage yourself. So when David was encouraging himself in the Lord, what did he say? I don't know. It doesn't tell us what he said. But I do know what David said time and time and time again in the Bible. And he would say something similar all the time. And we have record of these things. Uh, in fact, if you have heard this before, um, I, I want you to, after I, say, after I read this, actually, we'll get to that in a second. All right, so let me give you some examples of how David encouraged himself. All right, Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives our sins and heals our diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things. So David is not saying this to God. David is saying this to himself. He's saying, all right, David, you remember that time that God anointed you king, even when your dad didn't think you were worthy to be anointed king? Samuel came. He found you. He, God anointed you king. God saw something special in you. God, David, you remember that time when Saul was crazy and he wanted to kill you, but you protected me from all those spears that he threw at me while I was playing the harp in his court. Like, hey, you remember that time, David, that nobody else wanted to face that giant, but God gave you the faith to stand out there as a teenage boy ready to face a 10-foot tall giant with a sling. You remember that, David? Like, don't forget all these good things that God has done. He's preaching to himself. He's encouraging himself a little bit. And then it goes on in verse 8 in that same chapter and says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. If you've heard that verse before, I want you to raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. If you haven't, no big deal. Raise your hand. Keep it up. You're sure? You sure you've heard that verse before? Miss Linda's like, hold up now. Let me reread this. All right. Hey, you sure? It was that one. Like that one. Was it that one? Because here's what David says in Psalm 86. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. You sure it wasn't that one? Could have been that one. Could have been. I don't, maybe it was this one. Uh, the, the Lord is gracious, Psalm 145, and compassionate. He's slow to anger and rich in love. Maybe it was that one. I don't I don't know. See, David said the same thing over and over and over again when it comes to what, what he said about God. He, he knew that God was compassionate. He was slow to anger. He was rich in love. And evidently, David wasn't very creative because David didn't even come up with this phrase. God actually said this about himself in Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. He was just quoting scripture. So what's interesting is that when things go bad, David didn't have to go to the Bible because he'd already put the Bible in his heart. 
He knew, man, God is gracious. He's compassionate. He's slow to anger. He loves me. God is on my side. God is with me. He's with me right now. He's going to be with me in battle. He's going to be with my family that's taken captive. God is with me. And I want to show you that, man, you need to do the same thing. You need to hide God's word in your heart because negativity will spring up on you and you already need to have it in your heart ready to go so that you can counteract that negativity with the word of God. And so here's the tool I want to give you. Here's, here's how I want to teach you how to do it. And this is a little unconventional, okay? I want you to start acting like a cow. Y'all weren't ready for that, especially with the music coming in like that. Y'all like that? You need to start acting like a cow. And you're thinking, I'm a vegetarian. I don't, I, hold up now. Start acting like a cow. What do you mean? Well, what does a cow do? A cow does something called ruminating. Now, ruminating is disgusting. We've talked about ruminating before, but we talk about it from a negative perspective, but I want to talk to you about it from a positive perspective. Now, a cow will ruminate. Well, what does that mean? A cow will go down and he'll take a bite of grass with his hand. <laughs> he'll, he'll bend down, eat grass, and he'll chew it and chew it. He'll chew it. He'll chew it. He'll chew it. He'll swallow it. No, see, I didn't know where I was going. He'll swallow it. He'll throw it back up. He'll chew it. He'll chew it. That's why a cow cannot dip his head down for four hours while he's eating. He'll chew it, throw it, or swallow it, throw it back up. He'll chew it. He'll chew it. He'll chew it some more. He'll swallow it. And what do you think he does? Throws it back up. And he'll do it all over and over and over and over again. That's called ruminating. Now, why does a cow do that? A cow does that because it wants to get every last bit of nutrition out of that grass that it's eating. It's, it's getting, it's gross, but he's getting every single bit of nutrition out of that grass that he's been eating. And so he'll chew on it all day long and he'll, they'll eat all day. They're doing this. It's called ruminating. The same Hebrew word that's translated meditate in the Bible is the same word used for ruminate. So the Bible tells us to meditate on God's word. So we're going to ruminate and we're going to take a bite of God's word and we're going to chew. And we're going to get every ounce of nutrition out of that right there. We're just going to chew. We're going to chew on it. And we're going to keep doing it. We're going we're to keep saying the same thing over ourselves, right? We're going to keep preaching that same thing over ourselves. That way, when you're faced with some negativity, you don't have to go looking for a verse because it's already in you. It's already there. You've been meditating. You've been ruminating on God's word. And so you need to, some of you, for real, you need to start acting like this. Don't worry about reading a chapter of the Bible. Read a verse that blesses you and just memorize it. Just keep reading it. Read it 50 times in one day. Just read it. Let it ruminate you and, and, and ruminate on that. Let, let your mind just meditate on that. But, I, but some of you, you need to do that. And I want you all to hear me. Some of you need to do a negativity fast. I'm serious. Some of you, you spend so much time looking at negative things all around your life that you just need to cut that out of your life. Get off social media. Stop watching the news. 
I'm serious. Watching the news is not making anything better for anyone in the world. It's making someone else money. That's what it's doing. Stop watching the news. Get out of your weird YouTube rabbit holes on conspiracy theories and why everyone's bad and they're all just out to get you. And, and, and some of you, you need to fast and maybe get rid of some friends in your life that are negative. If your friends are not making you better, you have the wrong set of friends. I, I just want to tell you. You know what? You are an average of the five people closest to you. So if you don't like how you are, then look at the people that you're surrounding yourself with and maybe it's time to be surrounded by some new people. Man, that is why we do groups. Come on, I ain't going to... McNeil's, that's why we're doing groups, right? Because people, we, we, people this church want to make you better. Well, I've missed all the groups. I don't care. Come. We don't care. Just come hang out. Well, we, quit making excuses. You will make time for everything else in the world. Get some people in your life that are positive, that are going to hold you up, that are going to be in your corner, that are going to stand up for you, that are going to be such good friends that sometimes you're going to say things that you need to hear that you don't want to hear. But you need some people in your life, right? Like some of you need a negativity fast. Get rid of it. Get off of it. Delete the apps off your phone. Like just watch the office. Laugh. You know, like do something else. But you need to do this. Why? Because your thoughts have incredible power. But you have incredible power over your thoughts. So do what it takes to get there. And so here's what we're going to do at the end here. And uh, this is, we've, we've, I don't know if we've ever done anything like this, but we're going to do it today. Um, is I want to give you some things that you can ruminate on starting right now. Okay? And what we're going to do is we're going to pray out loud together. We're going to, actually, I don't even know if I'd call it praying. We're going to make statements together out loud. We're going to read these off the screen, and I want you to actually read them out loud, and I don't want to have to stop you and make you do it again. All right, so let's just do it loud the first time. All right, so, um, so we're and they're going to be truths based on these uh, negativity things that we talked about earlier, right? The cynicism and the negative filtering and the absolute thinking and the blaming. We're going to we're going to make some truthful statements founded in God's word about each of these things, and maybe this is something that you need to say over yourself today and ruminate on these things because these are going to help you. All right, so we're going to do this together. I want us to look at this together. This one's on cynicism. And it says this, let's all read this together. With God's help, I will get rid of all bitterness and skepticism. I choose to believe the best about others and be kind, compassionate, and loving. I will love and forgive others as Jesus has loved and forgiven me. Maybe some of you needed to say that today. Come on, let's do some negative filtering. Let's look at that together. <clears throat> says, God, by your power, come on, I take every thought captive and make it obedience to the truth of Christ. Because you are good, I choose to think on what's good, right, true, helpful, and worthy of praise. As I trust in you, your peace will guard my heart, soul, and mind. Come on, let's do some absolute thinking. Let's say this. As Jesus loved and accepted me, I will love and accept others. I'm in your way, I'm sorry. Rather than always being right, I'm called to always be loving. 
Rather than just making a point, I choose to make a difference. In humility, I choose to love others above myself. And maybe you struggle with blaming and you're always the victim. Say this with some power today. God has given me a life and mind of my own. By his grace, I will own my choices and choose God's best for me. I believe I have been given everything I need to accomplish everything God wants me to do today. In Christ, I will overcome. Listen, your thoughts have incredible power. But guess what? You have incredible power over your thoughts. And some of you, just by doing that one tiny little thing, feel better. Let's focus on that today. Come on, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you're in here today and you would say, Clint, I really am struggling with this negativity. Come on, just raise your hand in here. Raise your hand. No one's looking around. Raise your hand. You struggle with negativity in here. It's something that, okay. God, I pray for these people that have raised their hand today. God, I pray that you would help them. God, help them change. It doesn't happen on accident and it's hard to do, but help them change. Help them focus on the positive. I pray that you would help them not focus on negative so much, but God, see the good in people, see the good in situations, see the good in their spouse and their kids. And so God, I pray that you would help them today. But maybe you're in here and you haven't started a relationship with Jesus and you saw someone get baptized today and you're like, man, that did something in me. Let me tell you right now, the best thing I can ever do for you is to introduce you to Jesus because he changes everything about your life. And so for you, if you're in here and you've never made that decision to follow Jesus and you want to do that today, I'm not going to call you up and make you give your testimony in front of I just want to, I want to help lead you in that time. So if you're in here and you want to make the decision today to follow Jesus on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. Here we go. One, two, three. Raise your hand if you want to give your life to Jesus today. All right, you can put your hands down. If that's you, you can say, God, I need you. Come into my life. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. And coming back to life, I believe it. God, I invite you into my heart to be the Lord of my life. And in the best way I know how, I will live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.